Hello everyone, how are you? My name is Wendy Myers. Welcome to the Myers Detox Podcast. This is episode 300. I'm so thrilled. I have been doing this podcast for about six years and I so appreciate you guys tuning in every week and listening that are hungry for knowledge about detoxification and your health and alternative therapies and and uh, you know just listening to my take on how to improve your health. I I feel so blessed uh, that every day I get to wake up and do something that I I just absolutely love. I'm so excited to get up and go to work every day and help you guys feel better. That's really my goal. That's my goal is to educate you guys and help you know put those missing pieces of the puzzle together to figure out how to meet your health goals. I know just like myself, a lot of you guys, you know, are taking really good care of yourselves. You're listening to podcasts, you're eating amazing food, you're eating grass-fed organic animal proteins and vegetables and juices and sprouts, and you are, you know, taking amazing supplements, you're exercising, getting sunshine, and trying to sleep every night and doing all this stuff and feel like you're you're not getting where you should be. You're not feeling as good as you could be feeling. And so that's why I do what I do to help you guys kind of figure all that stuff out and provide viable solutions and provide simple ways, things things that people can do at home to help their health, to detox heavy metals that contribute to fatigue and brain fog and other health issues. So In today's podcast, I wanted to just, uh, I'm just going to talk to you guys today uh, because I want to talk about cesium toxicity. And I really haven't been able to find an expert to talk about this. And I want to be doing more podcasts where it's just me talking, me educating you guys. We get lots of requests of, you know, people wanting to hear from me. So, hey, episode 300, here we go. Um, So we're going to be talking today about cesium toxicity. Uh, where people are getting cesium. Um, One of those places is nuclear accidents, detonation of nuclear weapons. And there was a recent one in Russia on August 8th. And why is Russia covering up the severity of this nuclear accident? It happened in Norway. They're finding traces of radioactive iodine a week after the Russian nuclear accident. There were five doctors that died. Um, there's doctors that have been found with radioactive cesium in them. Um, so there was, there's other nuclear accidents, Chernobyl, Fukushima. There's you know satellites, nuclear satellites, nuclear submarines that have accidents. And this releases radioactive cesium. And so we're going to be talking about that and where people are getting cesium elsewhere. We'll be talking about cesium in fish and safe seafood strategies and seafood hacks to enjoy seafood without feeling bad about that or worried about it. Um, We'll talk about symptoms of cesium toxicity, including fatigue and cramps that aren't being relieved by magnesium and potassium supplementation. You guys know who you are. And uh, why most people I have test have cesium, including myself at one time, I had cesium and I'm like, where did I get this? Um, And so I've done a lot of research on this stuff and how to remove radioactive cesium from your body. So we're going to go into all that stuff on the show today. 
And uh, I know a lot of you guys are concerned about your heavy metals in your body and you know want to find an, an easy, quick way to discern your levels of heavy metals in your body. So I created this quiz that you know tests you on your lifestyle factors and some of your health choices and can deduce very quickly your relative levels of heavy metals in your body. So go check that out at heavymetalsquiz.com. Takes two seconds. And after that, you get a video series, a free video series on like where do you start with detoxification? What are the most effective things that you can do? What kind of testing should you do? You get all these great answers to help answer those questions that so many people have about heavy metal detox. Like where do I start? What things work? What doesn't work? So go to heavymetalsquiz.com and take the quiz. So uh, lots of interesting things on the horizon for MyersDetox.com. Um, you know, I've been doing this for six years. I've been researching health my whole life since I was a teenager. I always was interested in health and learning about diet and exercise and weight loss and uh, just reading about the latest medications and just my whole life have been just personally interested in this. And at one point in dawn, it dawned on me, why don't I turn my hobby into my full-time job and just, you know, teach other people about what I'm researching and reading and writing about every single day. So that's what I've done on MyersDetox.com. And this podcast is a, uh, you know, just a, a production of that where I've been doing this for six years. I've actually had Myers Detox for seven years at this point uh, in time. And I've just been researching heavy metals for about 10 years, went on my own detoxification, and it was a long road. I wasn't doing a lot of things correctly. So it took a lot longer than the methods that I employ now with my clients. And, you know, and I'm still taking clients. Uh, if anyone's interested in working with me, um, you can do so. You can email support at myersdetox.com and ask about how to work with Wendy. And we, I have a team of practitioners that see clients also. If you want to do heavy metals testing, we do hair, urine, and stool metals analysis. Um, we start with hair mineral analysis because that gives you a really good picture of your, your body burden of metals and your mineral levels. Um, because the, the mistakes that people make in detox, and this is the thing that really gets people's attention, is that uh, people have to mineralize their body to detox. That's the number one foundational thing you have to do. People have to take a binder to detox as well. And uh, infrared saunas are super, super important as well. So I've tried to really create uh, my Myers Detox protocol that very simply lays out all these different things that you need to do to lay the foundation, to detox properly, the most effective detox supplements and protocols. And because uh, there's a lot of stuff out there that doesn't really work all that well, that doesn't bring the ROI or that return on investment. So I try to I've tried to create supplements and programs and the protocol, the Myers Detox protocol, that brings the fastest results 
for your return on investment, for your investment of your money and your time and what you're doing. Um, because it's just, like I said, there's a lot of a lot of misinformation out there and there's a lot of things that people take that just waste their time and money. And so, like I said, the most important foundational thing people have to do to detox is mineralize their body. And that's why I created my supplement line, it's the Myers Detox supplement line. And my Citra Cleanse product has it mineralizes your body, it removes metals with uh, cilantro extract, and it has an amazing binder, a citrus pectin binder. And that's an amazing uh, three-in-one detox that people can do. And you can check that out at store.myersdetox.com. It's right on the home page there. And then I have another amazing supplement called Activated Silica. That will remove cesium and other metals that cause fatigue, like arsenic, aluminum, tin, thallium, and cesium, and it'll get antimony and barium also. Um, so I just wanted to kind of touch on those things. We have lots of exciting things coming down the chute in the future. Um, I'm gonna be doing another heavy metal summit at some point soon. And I, I also have more detox supplements coming down the chute. I've been told I, I can't reveal those just yet on the podcast, but I'll let you know when we do have them. Lots of other great supplements and products coming down the line. And uh, really, really excited about it. So thrilled about what's coming. And we'll be revealing all that on future episodes of the Myers Detox Podcast. So let's get to the topic of today. So talking about cesium toxicity. So number one, there was a recent uh, nuclear accident, what I believe to be a nuclear accident based on the evidence in Russia, and they are covering up the severity of this nuclear accident. And so why are they doing this? So just like a lot of countries, you know, they don't want the embarrassment or to be held responsible for the deaths or the health issues or the pressure for cleanup from other countries and the cost involved in all of that. And this seems to be the norm really for any country that has a nuclear accident. There's always a cover-up involved. This happened in Japan. This happened in Belarus when Chernobyl exploded. And it's happening now in Russia. So on Thursday, August 8th, 2019, Russia's state nuclear energy company called Rosatom announced that two military personnel had been killed in an explosion at a military missile testing site. And, um, and they restricted access to foreign visitors to this area. And the Rosatom initially attributed the casualties to a, a rocket engine blast using a Russian idiom um, that the, the state issued a collective lament, like a, in a bright memory of our comrades will live uh, in our hearts, will forever live in our hearts. Well, you know, the aftermath of the explosion um, brought another familiar Russian concern, the possibility of a cover-up of a nuclear event. So within hours of this explosion, scientists uh, clocked a spike in radiation, though the report disappeared from its website shortly thereafter. And by Friday, a Russian maritime authority had cut off shipping access to the surrounding bay in the area where the blast was for a month. A nuclear nonprofit, uh, non-proliferation group 
a nuclear non-proliferation group, identified a specialized ship frequently used to carry liquid radioactive waste within the exclusion zone near the explosion. Pharmacies in the region began to run out of iodine. You know, that's, that's the, the first line of defense against radiation sickness, uh, against the blocking that radioactive iodine being taken up by the thyroid. And a Russian news site published a video in which personnel injured by the explosion were taken to a hospital in Moscow and ambulances sealed with plastic in an apparent attempt to prevent contamination. And there was an evacuation of a nearby village that was planned and then it was canceled. By Saturday, Rosatom was correcting its casualty count, adding that five scientists who, that tragically died testing a new special product and confirming that radioactive materials were involved in the explosion. But the state's vague confirmation uh, detailing the explosion of, a, of an isotope power source for a liquid fuel rocket engine did more to ignite inquiry than quell speculation. U.S. intelligence officials suspect that the event was related to a prototype of Russia's proposed Skyfall missile system which the New York Times has described as a cruise missile that Vladimir Putin has boasted can reach any corner of, corner of the earth because it's partially powered by a small nuclear reactor. Um, so U.S. officials think this isn't possible, but you know the U.S. tried to do this in the 50s and 60s, uh, doing a nuclear-powered missile. They failed, so they don't believe Russia is going to be able to do that. But in their attempting to do that, there was a nuclear explosion. And uh, officials in Russia, in northern Russia, it's a city in northern Russia of Arkhangelsk, I think I pronounced that right, where the nuclear accident occurred, have acknowledged that one of the doctors who helped treat victims of the recent mysterious explosion at a military test site was found to have radioactive cesium-137 in the body, which is released when making uh, nuclear energy. And the problem with all this is that uh, the suppression of information, the proposed evacuation, the unclear comments from the state have all been spurring inevitable comparisons to the Chernobyl disaster in which the government delayed its reactions and misreported radiation levels, resulting in profound levels of radiation exposure for the citizens. In April of 1986, or the 1986 meltdown is far from a thing of the past even. In late 2018, Ukraine inaugurated the Chernobyl new safe confinement structure a tornado-proof metal shelter larger than a football stadium designed to enclose the radiation still leaking from the reactors. So Chernobyl is not over. It's still leaking radiation because scientists don't know how to contain it. Um, they, they produce this structure. This structure, we'll see if it works, if it's actually confining the radiation. Um, but, uh, and, and then there is Fukushima, 
We even talked about Fukushima. That's a nuclear accident that happened in March 2011. And that's still pouring hundreds of tons per day of radioactive water containing radioactive cesium into the oceans every single day. They don't know how to stop it. None of the nuclear engineers know how to stop it. So this is kind of a reality of modern life. And this is releasing tons of radioactive iodine, but it dissipates after eight days. Radioactive iodine has a half-life of eight days. Radioactive cesium-137 has a half-life of 30 years. So that's not going away anytime soon. So that's why so many of my clients have cesium toxicity in their tests. It's why the lab that we use for urine testing, which is the way that you see cesium in the body, that lab is located in Germany. They, after Chernobyl, so they saw a huge spike in cesium. And it, no, it tapered off over the years, but they still see a lot of cesium prior to the Chernobyl accident. Um, but in, in the thing is, these, these nuclear accidents and events continue to affect us decades afterwards. So even they're not these isolated events. And these are just what we hear about. There's lots of covers up, uh, cover-ups that we don't hear about. There's accidents in nuclear submarines, accidents in nuclear-powered satellites, other, other countries that cover up accidents that maybe we don't know about their nuclear, nuclear proliferation. So there's going to be, you know, lots of radiation leaked into the environment that affects your health. And even 14 years after the Chernobyl disaster, people living on cesium-137, which is a, the radioactive, radioactive cesium, contaminated lands in Belarus were diagnosed with more frequent health issues related to weakened hearts because cesium builds up in the heart and impacts its function. They had gastrointestinal anomalies. They had more chronic blood disorders in the average population, and they had more thyroid cancers, more thyroid autoimmune, more thyroid disorders, more lowered thyroid function. And so, so let's see, let's, let's talk about symptoms of cesium toxicity. Now I've kind of laid the groundwork where we're getting it, Lots of people have it in their tests, including my, my tests as well. I had cesium. So the symptoms that cesium toxicity causes are uh, the, tar the target organs where cesium builds up are the liver, the intestines, the heart, and the kidneys. It affects the thyroid also. Some of the primary symptoms of radioactive cesium toxicity include chronic fatigue or even mild levels of fatigue. And the reason is because it displaces potassium in the body, it blocks potassium channels in the body, and it interferes with the numerous processes that affect energy production, namely poisoning and suppression of enzymes involved in the energy exchange of cells. Uh, uh, cesium can also poison, poison enzymes that transport nutrients into the mitochondria, rendering them less able to produce energy as well. Cesium can also cause cramps. So a lot of us experience cramps and a lot of us also are taking magnesium on a regular basis, we're taking potassium, we're eating bananas and doing things you know, trying to get more potassium in our body. If you're doing that 
and you still have muscle cramps and spasms and weakness and twitching, you could have cesium and or thallium toxicity. Cesium and thallium displace potassium in your muscles. So where you're supposed to have potassium that properly triggers muscle contraction and relaxation, um, you could have cesium and thallium. And that's why taking these minerals isn't working to relieve your cramps or muscle spasms. So if these are just kind of recurrent, incessant, irritating symptoms, you want to be thinking about a cesium and thallium detox. Cesium can also cause, you know, in, in high form, high levels, cesium can also cause decreased appetite, nausea, diarrhea, vomiting, headaches, and seizures. Probably have to have quite a bit of it to cause those symptoms. Um, it can also, cesium can also cause cardiac arrhythmias or cardiac palpitations, heart palpitations. And the reason is because the direct influence of cesium, cesium-137 on the heart, is due to its selective accumulation within the heart cells. And this is due perhaps to the intense operation of the sodium potassium pumps in the heart, there's a lot more of them, and the fact that cesium displaces and blocks potassium function. And because cesium is in the same atomic group as potassium, you know, it's on the, the periodic table of the elements, they kind of uh, can do the same functions in the body, uh, cesium can easily enter into the cardiac cells displacing potassium, it kind of fools the body that it's potassium. And uh, cesium can also cause genetic damage, can cause cancers, thyroid cancers, things of that nature. And um, because cesium displaces potassium, it can cause potassium deficiency symptoms like weakness and fatigue, muscle cramps and spasm, di digestive problems, heart palpitations, muscle aches and stiffness, tingling and numbness, and even breathing difficulties and mood changes. Potassium is very, very important in the body. So when you have things like cesium and thallium that block potassium channels and potassium function in the body, that's gonna come with it a whole, a whole host of symptoms with it because the cells can't work correctly. So let's talk about how you're exposed to cesium. Where are you getting this stuff? So we talked about nuclear disasters um, so you can absorb cesium by eating, drinking, breathing, breathing, or making skin contact with cesium or things containing its compounds. So, um, when you have nuclear fallout from testing and accidents like Fukushima or the Marshall Islands, uh, nuclear testing that happened in the South Pacific in the fifties, when you have Hiroshima, which was a bomb drop, dropped on Japan in the 1940s. We have Chernobyl that happened in 1986. And then there's the accidents we're not aware of, accidents including nuclear-powered submarines, accidents associated with nuclear-powered satellites. These are a big, big source of cesium in the environment. And when that fallout uh, gets on leaves and plants and in uh, on grass that cows eat we are uh, or it gets into the fish and we eat it we build up cesium in our bodies so eating fish from the pacific that cesium contaminated is a source we'll get more on that in a minute 
You can get occupational exposure from working in the nuclear power industry or living near a nuclear power plant. I've had a couple of clients uh, just in my small client population that were one was very strontium toxic and one was cesium, very, very cesium toxic from having worked uh, and lived uh, near the nuclear power plant. Uh, even uh, Eileen Durfee, who I recommend her Sonific Sauna, she was a nuclear engineer, became very, very sick from working in that environment and had to became very, a very passionate advocate for detoxification, especially saunas in her therapy and her recovery. Um, so occupational exposure is a factor and then radiation therapy for certain cancers. If you have thyroid cancer or even uh, you've had Graves disease or um, uh, the, they can use, you can get radiation therapy that can have cesium in it. And then there's a mining and milling of certain ores will release cesium into the environment. Uh, contaminated breast milk, contaminated cow's milk or goat contaminated rice, sake from contaminated rice in Japan. That's a liquor in Japan that I happen to really like. Um, fungi from uh, fungi, mushrooms, uh, even lichens, algae that are contaminated with cesium, and teas. Some teas can be contaminated also. So these are all sources of cesium. I recommend generally avoiding fish and products from Japan at this time because of Fukushima and obviously products from uh, any place like uh, Belarus or in that area, Ukraine, where there is continuing to be a cesium release and the, the products around the area can be contaminated. So radioactive cesium can contaminate plants by falling onto leaves and then coming to rest on their surface. For example, Turkish tea crops were contaminated by radioactive cesium following Chernobyl in 1986. And it's also found that foods naturally rich in potassium, such as mushrooms and berries, are, are contaminated by radioactive materials because that cesium can get in there and uh, displace potassium in the fruits and the mushrooms then get into your body. Um, I'm not saying avoid mushrooms or berries. I'm just saying these are potential sources of contamination. We cannot avoid all food sources of metal contamination. We just can't. I advise people eat mushrooms all the time because they're rich in beta-glucans, rich in polysaccharides, and which a lot of people don't make on their own genetically. So a lot of people need to be eating these foods. Mushrooms, I try to eat them as much as I can in my diet. Um, so, um, so all of the reasons above are why most people that I test have cesium. We can deduce cesium uh, in urine, and we can see directly that people have uh, cesium toxicity. But I can also tell on a hair mineral analysis that people have very low potassium or K on a hair mineral analysis. If it's like zero or one or two or three, they most likely have cesium and or thallium toxicity because these block potassium channels in the body and therefore potassium on a hair mineral analysis. So indirect. Uh, analysis there. Either way, um, you can detox this stuff if you have it. So let's talk about cesium and fish. Um, uh, there's a lot of concerns about this, a lot of articles on the internet, a lot of, you know, concern. There's already a concern about metals in seafood. 
but I don't, uh, I don't want people to avoid seafood. Uh, this is a very foolish health strategy. Eating fish and seafood protects you not only from diseases like heart disease, stroke, diabetes, and cancer, but from all causes of death. We need omega-3 fats and other nutrition in fish. So I prefer that people choose their fish wisely and do some of these little uh, detox hacks that I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about. And I'm gonna talk about my seafood strategies and uh, what I recommend. So fish supplies high protein, it's low total fat, high in omega-3s, um, but fish has a lot of different contaminants, but we need the, the nutrients in fish in our diets more than we need to avoid fish due to heavy metal contamination. That's my personal opinion. Um, so, uh, so I already talked about the cesium pollution in the environment. So tuna and other migratory fish now are contaminated with cesium because of the large amounts of cesium being released into the ocean. And, um, and because, in fact, because of the radioactive cesium in fish, measuring cesium in fish is actually being used to track migratory routes and research, <laughs> uh, ironically. So radiation from the nuclear reactor in Japan, Fukushima, has been found in 100% of bluefin tuna tested in the waters off San Diego by researchers from Stanford and Stony Brook University. And this is a study done in 2012, so I can only imagine what the levels are now. So the area off the Fukushima spill is an area of high use for juveniles. So many tuna spend their first years off in the coastal waters off of Japan, feeding and gathering strength for the long migration ahead of them coming to California. And um, there's a concern as well about the continuing leakage of radioactive sus substances like strontium-90, uh, and the cesium-137, cesium-90, which is taken up uh, by and concentrated in the bones of the fish where it remains for long periods of time. So if leaks of the strontium-90 continue, this uh, you know, radioactive isotope but could become a larger concern in small fish, such as sardines, which are often eaten whole, including the bones as well. So what is my safe seafood strategy? So I have decided to continue eating local fish and use detox supplements to remove any contaminants in them. So I love fish. Um, I used to love sushi. I used to be a huge sushi addict. I still do sushi, but I do it much less. I used to eat it a couple times a week, and I mean for years, decades. So now I, I'll do sushi maybe once every couple of months now. I don't eat any tuna. I don't eat any yellowfin, uh, yellowtail. I don't eat ahi tuna. I don't eat albacore. I just get, I don't eat the tuna at all because it has a lot of metals in it. Uh, I, I still think high metal fish is okay every once in a while. It's okay to enjoy every once in a while. So that's just my personal opinion. As long as you're doing a detox program, like you're doing coffee enemas, infrared saunas, taking detox supplements, 
maybe taking some cilantro, wire eating those fish, then you can, you can handle that. In the absence of that, you have to be more cautious. So I, that's why I recommend and advocate doing a daily lifelong detox strategy like I talk about in my Myers Detox Protocol and on this podcast because that's going to give you these, these survival tools, these hacks, so you can enjoy our, unfortunately, our contaminated food supply and still get that nutrition but still address the heavy metal contamination in it. So um, like I said before, I'd be highly cautious about sushi or fish or products from Japan because of the contamination there. Um, um, I'm very vigilant about the origin, uh, country of origins, uh, ocean of origin of any canned fish, fish and shellfish that I might consume, especially tuna and sardines. I'm fine with canned tuna occasionally. Canned tuna is a skipjack tuna. That's a much smaller fish that's, you know, can get around up to 40 pounds. The ahi tunas and bluefin tunas, those can get hundreds of pounds. They they live for much, much longer. So those are very, very different than, different animal than canned tuna. Um, So I do enjoy canned tuna occasionally, but I eat sardines more so sardines and I love fresh anchovies, the white anchovies, not those nasty little brown ones that people put on pizza for some reason. I like the, the white fleshy anchovies. They're also called bocarones in Spain. Absolutely delicious. I love those. I get those in vinegar and oil, olive oil. And so uh, those you can eat you know, a few times a week. I like sardines from Portugal and Northern Europe. Those I find are firm, the best quality, best tasting. Make sure they're packed in olive oil. Don't get sardines packed in soybean oil, please. Don't get sardines packed in canola oil. These are inflammatory oils. Completely defeat the whole purpose of eating fish, which is to get a healthy oils, healthy fats. So you have to be very vigilant. And, I, and I've made this mistake so many times, even with as knowledgeable and vigilant as I am, I still have occasionally bought sardines or anchovies packed in like canola oil or, or another type of inflammatory oil. So be, be careful, you're only getting sardines and anchovies or other small fish packed in olive oil. Thank you. So um, you wanna avoid all types of tuna, including ahi, yellowtail, and albacore. Like I said, wild-caught canned tuna, like skipjack, totally okay. Um, Less disturbing is salmon. Um, A recent article in the Huffington Post quotes Dr. David Welch, who's a world expert on salmon migratory patterns. Uh, He said that salmon from Japan do not migrate as far as the North American coast. So he says, and likewise, Our North American species do not migrate as far west as Japan's coastal waters. Um, So those are fine to eat. They're not getting cesium exposure. And they do have some mercury, but they don't live that long. So they don't have as much mercury as, say, a big ahi bluefin tuna. Um, So mackerel are another migratory species. They also don't cross the Pacific. So um, instead, they just travel up and down the coast. So mackerel are are safe to eat as well. And so any kind of small, any small fish, there's lots of different types of small fish that uh, these are just examples that I'm citing, the mackerel, 
the anchovies, the sardines um, are fish that are common in the U.S., but there's and herring are great too. But there's lots of little fish all over the world. I've traveled all over the world and, and seen all kinds of little fish that are great to eat. The smaller fish don't live as long, so they have much less time to accumulate heavy metals. So those are generally safe to eat. Um, the smartest seafood strategy is to stick to small fish like the, the salmon, sardines, mackerel, anchovies with a very occasional in indulgence in seafood that's off the safe list. Um, um, for instance, the uh, Pacific Aquarium has a seafood safe list. I also on my website have a seafood survival guide. You can go on myersdetox.com and type in seafood survival guide. I go into much, much more detail about seafood and metals, but this is just really pertaining to cesium in this conversation. Um, and then uh, you wanna then detox the seafood toxins that you have in your body. So I love oysters. Um, oysters are very heavily contaminated with, you know, lead and cadmium and mercury and arsenic and, um, they can have a coli. I've definitely had, you know, po E. coli poisoning before from my oyster love of oysters. But these are one of the most nutrient-dense foods on the planet. They're so rich in zinc and minerals, and they're, they're so great. So I do eat oysters but uh, and other shellfish on occasion, but I make sure I, I hack it. I take my cilantro extract. I take binders that will remove metals and I just, I do a lot of stuff to remove metals. So I enjoy that nutritionally dense food, which is oysters and shellfish, but I, I detox also on a regular basis. So that's my seafood strategy and um, that, that's what I recommend to people. So let's talk about how you remove cesium from your body. So there's only a few supplements that will detox cesium. So the following are certain types of silica, not all, diatomaceous earth, citrus pectin, and Prussian blue. That's pretty much it that I found in the research. So uh, diatomaceous earth, I don't recommend to people because it's ground up fossils. It's actually very sharp. It's very, uh, you know, uh, it can cut you on the inside. So if you are, if you have leaky gut, you can ingest diatomaceous earth and it can leak out into your bloodstream and cause damage in your arteries and veins. So if you have leaky gut, which many of you are not gonna know that you have, you only have symptoms of it. Symptoms are food sensitivity, autoimmune disease, maybe digestive issues. Um, you're not a candidate to do diatomaceous earth. I don't recommend it. There's just better ways to skin a chicken. There's better ways to detox. So I don't recommend that. Um, then there is Prussian blue. That ha can have side effects, but it does get rid of cesium. Um, but there's pros and cons to every detox supplement and protocol you're doing. Some are dangerous. Some are cause side effects. Prussian blue can cause certain side effects, if, especially if you get too much, it can be toxic at too high a level. So the safest way to detox cesium is with two products that I developed. One is called activated silica. It's a specific form of silica that will bind onto cesium and remove it from tissues, your soft tissues and bones and other places that it, it resides. And then my Citra Cleanse product, which is a 
uh, citrus pectin. It also has some fulvic and humic acid in it as well. But the citrus pectin really is the shining star and absorbing cesium and then you just urinate it out. So a one-two punch for cesium is taking activated silica and citraclins. Um, there'll be a link down below this video where you can get those. Uh, you can get them on mitodetox.com. They're part of my mitochondria detox supplement kit that you can get on either mitochondriadetox.com or just mitodetox.com. And the this kit will remove all kinds of metals that cause fatigue, including cesium, thallium, arsenic, aluminum, and tin. And the Citricleans product will remove dozens of heavy metals, hundreds of chemicals, and that, uh, that uh, binder that's in it. Fulvic and humic are amazing detoxifiers as well. There's also cilantro extract in the Citricleans. It's a very broad spectrum detox, the mitochondria detox. Um, so uh, that's that's pretty much all I wanted to talk about in related to relation to cesium, um, but I really just want to get this message across, you know, because there's still so much cesium pouring into the oceans daily at the Fukushima disaster site. It's being released into the air by Chernobyl, and now this new Russian uh, missile test site nuclear accident, which I believe is a nuclear accident based on the evidence. And all the other things, all the other nuclear accidents that are happening, we don't know about. Um, it's really feared that the world's oceans could become very contaminated with cesium and contaminate our food supply, even more so than it is today. So I would caution you to uh, take precautions to test for and detox cesium, especially if you suffer from fatigue, cramps resistant to magnesium and potassium supplementation, and the other symptoms I, I talked about, heart palpitations, thyroid dysfunction, because um, it's a, you know, these are the, re this is the reality of modern life. Heavy metals are impacting our health in so many different ways, and cesium is just one of those. I wanted to highlight that today on the podcast, so thanks for tuning in. You can learn more about heavy metal detoxification on the Meyer She Talks podcast every week where we explore all kinds of topics related to detox and just things that I people I meet that are doing incredible research or have incredible products that will help you maximize your health, maximize your detoxification and hack your health to dramatically improve your life and get your life back. So many of you guys listening are suffering and you're bedridden or you can't work. I'm here to provide you with solutions that you are not getting at your conventional medical doctor or even your functional medical doctor. So thanks for tuning in every week. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I'm here to help you guys. So I will talk to you guys next week.